La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding, ding, dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum. Tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille. Rugby friends and welcome to a new edition of the French Rugby Connection podcast with moi, your host, Véronique Landieu, all the way from Surrey and from Toulouse. Moi, Tom Dixon. Hello, everyone. Tom, so how does it feel to be an Englishman and watching the coronation from Toulouse, bearing in mind that you also have French nationality? I do also have French nationality. It was okay. It has to be said, the English do it very well. The French were rather fascinated. Everyone, I, I stopped, oh, there you are. I wanted to know this, that, and that. And not all the English are that bothered about it, especially those who have left mm. the country. But no, it, it did go well. It was nicely done. I didn't watch the concert. I don't think I'll be watching it on replay TV. I caught the big bits. Who were the rugby men who were invited? Here's a test for you. Okay, let me see. What about James Haskell? No. No, I'm surprised. I have to say he's a friend of Harry, so yeah, I don't think... <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that yes. might work. Let me think. Johnny Wilkinson? No. Surprising. Oh, no, I don't know. Tell me. Enlighten oh. me. Okay, well, I'll give you a very big clue that will get it. Being married to the family helps get an of invite. Of course. How could I forget? <laughs> Monsieur McTindall, who apparently met is wife to be in 2003 when when she was with Harry at uh, in Australia for the World Cup final. Oh goodness, oh, that's fun. And the other one, I don't know mm-hmm. you don't, but it's very funny. He was representing New Zealand. He because he has one of the highest honors of the Order of New Zealand, Mr. Richie McCaw was at oh. the wedding. Well, I tell you he was at the wedding, but obviously it was a bit of a disruption because he came in the side entrance and it was a bit late, but got away with it, which I believe is what happens with Richie McCaw. <laughs> yeah, well, surprising. <laughs> I, I didn't see that. I didn't spot them. I spotted a few British uh, celebrities like Anton Deck, Stephen Fry, who else? Emma Thompson, probably, and, and others. And, of course, Monsieur Macron. Monsieur Macron, who didn't look very amused. Don't know why. Maybe um, he's feeling a bit jealous, you know. Maybe he would like to be, <laughs> to be himself, you know. Dinner at Versailles. Yes, but on the other hand, it's quite nice to have an elected instead of he- head of state there because he was one of the few. He's the only head of state that I've ever been able to vote for or against. The others are just imposed on us. Um, oh. so, so, so a bit of democratic representation. But hey, guess what? You have a, a king in Toulouse and his name is Antoine Dupont. Oh, Tony Bridge. He he was magic this weekend. He was on absolute form. I, I was there at the match. It was 10 o'clock. It was 9 o'clock on a Sunday night, which mm-hmm. I hate. Mm-hmm. It was in the football stadium rather than the rugby stadium, which I hate. The weather was rubbish. It was against Bordeaux, who we always have boring games with. And it was the most fantastic game and very exciting, very close fought as well. But Antoine Dupont, I saw him flying through, going past six defenders and in in the air. It's absolutely astounding and such pace. Yes. Because when you're on the ground, you don't get the high definition 4K slow mo movies afterwards he just said wow i think i just saw something happen and it was very very fast and decisive 
is a rugby genius, you know. He reads the the game of rugby so so well. Yeah. He's got. A, he's an extraterrestrial. He's an it. He's a <laughs> extraordinaire. And the score was thirty one. 17 of course you know he played he had the support from from his teammates but that means that Toulouse has been qualified we are in the semi-finals we had that chanting towards the end to me so yeah we're through to the semi-finals with two matches in hand and are they going to rest people totally or do they enjoy playing and they want to get together or what's going to happen but no it's a great game let me tell you the first half finished yes. 21-17. That's very mm-hmm. close. Bordeaux had, had come with aspirations and expectations and lots of practice, and they were strong, especially their forwards. And it was a game largely, well, you know what they say, it's the forwards who decide who wins and the backs who decide by how many. But all mm-hmm. you have to know is that the tries were from Mifu, Ruma, and Willis, the boys with five, eight, and seven on their backs to realise that it was a game for the forwards. Um, and I believe, I believe, Tom, that it was a fight between the bros. You had Jack Willis and his brother. On his the, on his the brother pitch. Tom Willis was the Bordeaux number eight. And you know, it's the first time professionally the two had ever played against each other. Wow. And I, I had read that. And before the match, I was having a drink with some random English people, and they were the Willis's grandparents come oh, to see really? their boys play together. <laughs> so, but, did you mention our podcast? <laughs> uh, I did, I did, I did, and obviously they're keen <laughs> listeners, so they're fine. But yeah, we are now guaranteed a place in the semi-finals in San Sebastián on the 10th of June. Absolutely um, amazing, amazing. And next week, Toulouse is going to play against Perpignan, and then Eva. Yes, especially I suspect we're going to be talking about Brie very soon. But, oh my goodness! Um, and do you remember I, I told you many times never ever underestimate <laughs> Brie because I remember last year they only qualified, they stayed in the top fourteen in their last game. So absolutely amazing! Tell our listener more. What happened? It was a game between. Montpellier against Brive. Yes, Brive, who I had written off as largely probably relegated, the bottom of the table then and even now after this victory, they're still bottom of the table. And they only went to play away to the current champions and only beat them with 14 men and about 15 minutes before the end of the game. Exactly. Uh, if, if you looked exactly. at the television, they, they were mathematically relegated because the game happening at exactly the same time had their competitor for relegation winning, they were losing, so the gap would have meant they were definitely relegated. But instead, it all turned around. They didn't know how to play. They didn't know whether to kick for the sticks for an easy three points or or to go for a try. But they, 14-men team against the champions, they turned it around, and the final win was a try in the 85th minute. <laughs> they were staring into relegation until that try. And that finished it with the transformation, 26-27. And it's like a déjà vu because the same thing happened. Well, I wouldn't say the same thing, but they had huge luck. They got extremely lucky when they played against Paul two weeks ago when Paul missed his kick. Yes. Uh, it was wonderful. But where have they been for the rest of the season? Why did they only pull those games out now? So they're not mathematically out. They are still bottom. There's still a bit of fight at the bottom. The top 14 is alive. But they, but they could get out of it. 
Gosh, poor Patrice Colazzo, the manager. He couldn't watch the end of the game. He was half leaving the stands. And actually, it was quite a boring first 15 minutes of the match. There's the red card, there are injuries, mm-hmm. and the interminable scrums being reset. And then in the last 20 minutes, they realized there was a game on. So fancy winning away at Montpellier, especially with a man down, from the 22nd minute. So, bravo, brief. I'll tell you what, their 19-year-old fly half, fly half or scrum half, fly half, Matis Ferti, yes. was brilliant. His, his one to watch, I think he's been his in the French under-20s, but this is his first professional season in the top 14, and he's had some good games, but this is an extremely good one. And, of course, not to mention, friend of the pod, replacement prop, Dan Brennan. If ever you want a burger with his name on, I know where you can get one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is another standout player. So a top 14, Veronique, it's amazing at the moment. Exactly, exactly. You know, and they still have everything to pay. You know, I love the, the passion and the intensity of uh, of Brive. And uh, yeah, I wish them all the best. And, you know, I'm... I usually root for them. And I told you last week, you know, watch this space. There's an English connection in the management, isn't there? There is a French and rugby connection in we because during season one, I had the pleasure to speak with Simon Kidham, who is the co-president of Brive. I remember that. He was very clear and could describe his ambition and plans very, very well. And it's a shame if they do go down this year, but I think if they do, they'll be back fairly shortly because their recruitment has always been good. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Again, you think they would go down? I think <laughs> they will stay. They will stay there. That's a gut feeling I have. And but I have to say, I really felt for Olatsobi and for the supporters from Brief because wow, their heart must have been racing. You know, one hundred fifty. <laughs> Miles an hour, incredible, incredible. It could have been one of these games where you leave 15 minutes before the end because it's so boring and then miss the game of the century. Exactly. So one of their main competitors is Perpignan. I alluded to them when I said that at one point Perpignan was making them officially relegated because, because of the way their game was playing. That was another game where the lead was moving all over the place. Lyon, a very strong team. It should have been an absolutely one-sided victory parade for Lyon against the relegable Perpignan. They're not relegated yet, but they're bubbling around at 13th or so in the table. But yet again, Lyon were close to a bad defeat, well-deserved, following a poor performance. They did lose Leo Berda, their emblematic fly-half, in the 20th mm-hmm. minute. And his replacement, it is an all, he is an all-black, Lima Sapuoga, but he just didn't fire. He's got to fight the end of the season for Leon because Leo Berdia has gone off with ACL, a cruciate ligament. So his season is over. And you have to think that where on earth are Leon going to find the oomph for their season not to be over? But yet they're third in the table. There'll be a few teams. No, they're in the top playoff part of the table. So there'll be a few teams looking to topple them because they weren't good and it's not looking good, not looking pretty for them. Okay. And in Paris, you, this time <laughs> in Paris, next week, they will be playing in Le Havre. Racing 92 was playing against Bayonne, one of your chouchou, your favorites. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were 
een rugby tries fest. <laughs> Because seven tries were scored by by Racing 92, two by Habusi, two by Fiku, one by Himhoff, another one by Sankoni, and the last one by by Kamika Miska. Apologies for the for the pronunciation. <laughs> oh, how fantastic! It was a try fest and fantastic quality. Why does it have to be so up and down? <laughs> yes. That's the question. But uh, thanks to their win, you know, they're back in the top six. They so are. they've got loads to play. And Finn Russell did say in Liquid that he never won anything with Racing 92. He would love to leave <laughs> the French, uh, the, the top 14, you know, with a big win. Well done for them. Yes. And also Clermont against Stade Francais is still ranked uh, number three behind Toulouse and La Rochelle. They were playing against, Clermont was playing against that Francais. Uh, they, uh, Clermont is doing pretty well on the, um, our friend Urios. Uh, yeah. They managed to get another attacking bonus, a bonus offensive. Uh, and it's the third one under his tenure. So he <laughs> must be doing something right, or maybe he shouts a lot, or he complains a lot. <laughs> But so that means, you know, for, for Clermont that they're up one place. But uh, Stade Francais, Stade Francais still remains on, on rank three. And one thing I would like to highlight is that Damien Penault, who hasn't played, you know, for Clermont for, for quite a while, I think since the beginning of this year, was back and hey. scored a try at the end. So hey. well done, Damien. Hey, okay, get him fit for the World Cup. You bet, you bet. Yes, we need him. He's absolutely phenomenal. It's like, you know, the latter, that's a cartoon character, that speed, 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 that rabbit. And Paul versus Castre, another high score from Paul. Very well done to Paul, 42-3. They got the bonus points. Paul dominated from the start, so... Yeah, 40 points to three, you said. Yes, wow. yes, correct. Yeah. That tells a story, doesn't it? It does indeed. So next week should be an interesting one because we have Toulouse will play against Perpignan. So tell me your your pronostic, your your <laughs> <laughs> pronostic. I I think Toulouse love going to Perpignan. You go on the beach. The fan clubs will have barbecues together. It it'll be fun. It'll be tough, but Toulouse will win with youngsters. And some of the big go big boys coming on that's off the bench. Yeah, I think they probably rest of their top players. It's, it's going to be an easy ride, I think. No offense to to Perpignan, but it, it's difficult to take it out of context for the fight for the bottom relegation places, because if you remember right back to the beginning of the season, Poe received Stade Toulousain, and against mm -hmm. all expectations, beat us. Yes. And for that reason, Poe looks a little bit safe as third from bottom. Uh, it's unlikely that the other two will overtake them. But if Perpignan also have an unlikely victory on their reception of Sad Toulouse, which this time is more likely because the youngsters are going to be there, or the, going to be the B team and the head team, then that reverses that advantage we gave Poe, or it negates it. And so it could end up being fair that Toulouse give an unexpected victory to both Poe and to Perpignan and really lights up that bottom of the table fight. So we can take it. Toulouse doesn't need to win. There's no advantage in finishing first over second except for the choice of semi-final competitor. But it's not a home semi-final, to remind you. It's away at San Sebastian. 
Mm-hmm. So to lose, have no skin in that game. Yes. So, so maybe Perpignan will see it through. But if you're a brief supporter, brief will be playing against Castres mm-hmm. at home. You know, obviously, you know, brief wants uh, needs Perpignan to lose. So that means if they lose and if a brief win. It's indeed, then Brief will be equal or just ahead of Perpignan. Exactly. So That's things uh, there. Are, so oh, no, it's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you know they have to play for for their survival in the top fourteen. That should be good. They're both fighting to stay in the top six playoff places. Mm-hmm. Lyon, as I said, looking less strong now, mm-hmm. um, but Stade Francais haven't been stand out good, have they? They're so, um, yeah, Stade Francais lost to Claremont last weekend. So we'll see how, how that game, that could be a good close one. Yes. I think 92 against Toulon. Ah. Uh, they're not going to play in Paris, but they're going to play in Le Havre. It's not Bruce Springsteen again, is it? I know. Somebody else, I assume. <laughs> I don't even know. Could we take that there in town? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm... I, it's a difficult one because obviously Toulon lost, you know, this week against La Rochelle, which I forgot to mention earlier in my in my quick summary. Eight twenty three. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be very close, I think. One of the interesting ones with Toulon losing to La Rochelle is because they chose, for financial reasons, no, no, for the fans to play in Marseille at the football ground. And the more that rugby teams have been doing this this year, that seems to have led to a lot more home losses than you'd imagine. Because Bayonne's only home loss of the season was when they delocated, relocated delocalisation uh, to San Sebastian, where they lost against Pau, I believe. And Toulon relocated to, to Marseille, and they lost to La Rochelle. Toulouse went to their football stadium, but it's still Toulouse, so it's not so much of a day. And Racing 92, so they're going out to Le Havre to play their game. Correct, correct. Then next weekend, we'll have Bordeaux against Pau. That will be good. I'm looking forward to that one. Yes, I think Bordeaux Bordeaux should win. And uh, Mathieu Jalibert was back on the bench, as mentioned exclusively on the French Rugby Connection podcast last week. <laughs> How fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, and played very well. I, I think he wasn't entirely comfortable with his thumb. Didn't he go off to have a scan? Yeah, he got injured. Uh, yeah, but uh, we'll see how it pans out yeah. against La Rochelle. Ooh, meaty. That should be good. The champions of France against the champions of Europe. Yes, last year. Well, there hasn't been a final yet this year. But... No, I know. I mean, the champion of France, Montpellier. 2022 and the champions of Europe, La Rochelle, 2022. So, yeah, I agree with you. It's going to be very meaty. Now, La Rochelle have almost qualified for the semifinals. In fact, they just need one point out of the next two games to be guaranteed Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. the semifinals without having quarterfinals. It would be a disaster. They would see it as a disaster if they did drop and manage to end up with a quarterfinal match because, uh, of course, they're playing on the European stage. Talking of which, being on the European stage means they may not send out their full team next week. Um, That's Mont- why I'm, I'm thinking maybe Montpellier has a chance to win. Yeah. 
there's so much at stake at this time of the season that you, it's really difficult to predict who's going to win. And yeah, if Brief can come up off the bottom and all these funny scores can happen. And even in the last 15 minutes, the league can change. I forgot to say, actually, that Toulouse on Sunday, the lead changed seven times in the first half. So, seven uh, times? Yeah. Wow. So it's a, it's an exciting time of year to be following the top 14 and the Pro Data. So stay tuned, listeners. Yes. And then finally, Brive is going to play against Castres. Ooh. That's interesting because, yes, Castres lost 40 points to three against lowly Poe. And Poe are direct competitors to Brive at the bottom mm-hmm. of the table. That's a, mm-hmm. Can Castres be that bad again? Gosh. And it's going to be very interesting from a political point of view because the former manager, I think Jim Davidson, former coach of Brive, was shown the door <laughs> in December and is now the coach for Castres. So I think there might be some some, some blood spilled. A, yes, bit, of, exactly. a bit of needle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. little bit of revenge maybe between Colazzo against uh, Davidson but uh, really hoping for Brief to win because yeah. they they are really showing some spirit and some belief in themselves and uh, some of their players are back you know from the injuries as well so that's very positive yes indeed yes indeed yes top 14 very exciting place to be you bet and again it's intense it's unpredictable and very, very, very gripping. So <laughs> we'll see what kind of surprise we'll have next next time we do our podcast. Ah, oh, be wonderful. <laughs> hey, Veronique, I yes? got an email today about the Pro Day de final. That, as I may have mentioned, is happening at Stade Ernest Vallon at nine o'clock on the 27th of this month, two and a bit weeks away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got an email from my bank saying, we sponsor this. Would you like to enter a competition for a free ticket? And so I thought, yeah, I'll go for that. And so I entered the competition and it asked me how many times they've been sponsoring it and you know, easy Googleable yes. things. Yes. Uh, and then... Is the tiebreaker question at the end? It says, and and tell us something about yourself that shows you're a fan of the Pro Day Do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, yes. well, I'm the Pro Day Do correspondent of French Rugby Connections. So All if right. that doesn't get me a seat, I'll never get one. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you will get a, a seat. Um, I, I will be going anyway. In fact, I haven't bought it yet. But, uh, but no, mm. I, I'm, it's always nice to win a competition if I can. So if you're listening, Bon Populaire d'Occitanie, uh, I'm the one. But no, that yeah, one definitely. So, give us an overview of the Pro D2 because it's been very much, you know, eventful as well. Yes, indeed. Well, we've got the the, the barrage happening this this coming weekend, this coming Friday. So, uh, what is the barrage for our it's the, listeners? It is the what playoffs. It is. Right, it is okay. the playoffs where number mm-hmm. three, four, five, and six in the table play against each other. So before getting on to them, let me th- tell you the teams that are going straight through to the semi-final. Yes. Is no surprise with Oyonnax. Mm-hmm. They finished the, the main stages with 111 points. Massively. 111. And the, and the other semi-finalist, 
is Grenoble, who sneaked through with 87 points. Now, the guys behind them were just one point behind, and the guys behind Correct. them were just one point behind again. So, so it was very close. So we have, well, third was Stade Montois Rugby, and they will be up against Agen. Mm-hmm. And fourth, with 85 points, was Nevers, who will be up against your friends, Van. The, the Breton. So, um, the winner of those is going into the semi final, and the final happens in Stade Ernest Vallon. And the losers of the final play the 13th of the top 14. And the winner of that game stays up, and the loser goes down. So, so plenty of play yet. Uh, Very my, good. And my... you know that, you know, regarding Van, they haven't lost a single game. For the last two and a half months. They're on a run. Last time, yeah, last time they lost, it was against Mont de Marsan on the 17th of February. My Shushu Colomier rugby was seventh, so they're just outside the playoffs, but not just outside. They're seven points clear of Agen. So there was a big gap between the playoff teams and the rest. At the other end, I'm not sure what's going to happen because Massey come last with 33. But there's a joint 52 points for Swayu Angoulême and Carcassonne. But I think on goal difference, it may be Carcassonne going down, which would be a terrible way to do it. So that is Pro des Deux. The final bit's happening well. Also had a few things going through about the division underneath that. And two big names of rugby are fighting for promotion to Pro des Deux. The one that stands out is Blagnac which would right. be another one close to me that I'd be happy with. And mm. their women's team is a big supplier to the French national team. So it's... Yes, I believe there's three or four players from Blanac play for, for Les Bleus. Yeah, indeed. And they had that wonderful second half against Les Anglais. <laughs> and, and the other team fighting for coming up is Dax. Dax is a town near Bayonne, Bordeaux, that West Coast. And they've got a great rugby tradition going back decades so it'd be lovely to see them and a chance to another chance to go to the beaches to watch rugby matches. Mm. So we're at an exciting part of the season and it's far from all decided. Exactly. We're in the same situation. Top 14, Pro D2. Well, we're expecting a few teams, you know, to be qualified, but for the rest, there's still loads to play. I do feel a little bit sorry for Oyonnax Rugby. That they've, they're just so trashed the rest of the pack. They're 111 points against the next one is 87. But they still have to play a final to win it. Of course, they should win because they've shown they're the, the better side in that competition. But they may not. Everyone has a bad day. And yeah, it's just 80 minutes and 22 men will make the difference. So, Do you uh, remember? You may remember in 2021, <laughs> Van was playing against Ritz. Oh, and against all odds, yeah, it's one. Yeah. Some teams, especially once they've been in the top 14, they retain a memory that keeps them going. But Van's mm-hmm. never been there, really, in my memory. But mm-hmm. uh, some of the other teams, the teams that I remember from top 14, Oyonnax, I remember yes. taking 30 people from the Petersfield Rugby Club to that. Grenoble have been in the top 14. Vincent Clay used to play for them, as did Ange Capiozzo. Mm-hmm, correct, yes. Stade Montois had been there occasionally. Nevers, I can't remember. Van, I can't remember. Agent had been there. 
And mm-hmm. I remember Trevor Brennan got a red card against Ajon. And Another got, one. And got let, okay. off, got let <laughs> off by the judge saying, oh, it's almost a local derby. Mm-hmm. Colomier, I can't remember being on the top 14, but they have been in European Cup finals before my time. Right. Um, Biarritz, obviously. So, so no, there's a fair bit of up, upping and downing and old history to come through. So it's, France is very lucky having such a vibrant second division that seems commercially viable, which I think is possibly the only country in the world to be able to say that. So, mm-hmm. so good for them. More fun for us. And voila, so that was the round 24 for the top 14 and for Pro D2, full of surprises <laughs> with a few shocking results. I mean, extremely well done to, to breathe again. And as usual, you know, Toulouse was flying high. <laughs> Toulouse is top of the tree. It, it, it was amazing. What a time to be coming good. So it's been a fantastic time of rugby. We'll mention again the International Sevens competition hits the ground in Toulouse this Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So of I course. Only, I of only course, have yeah. to go to my rugby side three days this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I shall be enjoying that. But I'll be taking my iPad to catch up on the other games. But listeners, keep on enjoying the rugby. There's plenty out there. I hope you can get things on various internet sites or directly through these new modern channels that keep on popping popping up. <laughs> Au revoir. Au revoir. La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche ding-ding-dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum. Tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour. Qui s'éveille